0: Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brazos podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brazos County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brazos.
1: So we're joined by Jacob Randolph. He is a candidate for the College Station City Council race here on November 8th. And thank you so much for joining Think Brazos.
2: Of course. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So before we talk about any of the issues uh, facing the city or what have you, I did want to go into a little bit of your, your background really dig into why it is that you're you're running uh we talked a little bit off camera that uh you uh you know you're young not a lot of uh political experience in the past it doesn't look like Uh, so we just kind of want to hear a little bit about your background and why are you doing this
2: yeah of course so you know being 24 not a whole lot of experience going into this um but partnering with that i think is a whole lot of passion you know i've really come to talking to different groups different people i've seen maybe what you might consider some Mm short-sightedness on certain issues um and i really just want to bring attention to things we might overlook or maybe just didn't plan well for you know 10 20 30 years down
1: the road okay okay got it what kind of groups have you been talking to
2: yeah so i've uh, spoken with a lot of teachers Mm -hmm. i've spoken to a lot of you know general workers whether that be construction building or we're talking about simple retail or local bartenders or owners Mm -hmm. Um, just different groups and seeing how they are not only playing their part into the city but are being affected and maybe overlooked in some instances
1: but what was the turning point or the was there a single issue that you were like okay now i have to run I gotta run.
2: Yeah, um, a lot of it has to do with education and uh, infrastructure of the city. So, uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know public school systems maybe not getting as much uh, attention, or Mm -hmm. wondering if we're going to face some kind of crisis that we're not quite financially prepared for when it comes to the infrastructure here in the next you know ten years or so.
1: How much have you looked into um, related to that? it kind of sounds like are you concerned about the the debt or are you concerned about just generally how we fund uh, schools but then infrastructure? what Could you expound on that?
2: Sure. So schools, uh, unfortunately, college station just isn't ranked as highly as I think we should be for having hmm. such a large university. you know we have a focus on this large uh, center for education, but mm-hmm. we we leave out a lot of the uh, ideas for the you know, smaller schools, and then of course with the infrastructure, you know, exactly how prepared are we? Do we um, do we have a financial plan? Is what we're putting into this expansion what we're going to get back out as as far as uh, tax revenue and different mm-hmm. things go?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, would you say that that is those are your two most pressing issues that you want to deal with should you be elected mayor? The, the education, school system, and the infrastructure?
2: Uh, I would definitely say those would probably be my two strongest, uh, just you know, preparing for the future.
1: What do you mean by um, that we're not getting out of it as much as we're putting into it in terms of infrastructure?
2: Of course. So we're doing a lot of planning and development, but we are stretching ourselves a little thin. Um, you know, i'm actually a bit of a, a history nerd myself and you know that's one of the great classes of uh, what people would consider the roman empire they mm. stretched too far out and their infrastructure and their planning couldn't keep up with it you know we we can build three more neighborhoods and then develop new roads uh, you know water lines power uh, everything out to those and then 20 30 years down the line when that all has to be either repaired or replaced we might not have that initial investment back or we might not have the investment to do it the second time. And then suddenly we are hundreds
1: of thousand of dollars in the hole rather than profit. Well, then what what would you do differently? I mean, College Station is a city, like a lot of Texas cities, where it's often easier to expand out than than any other way. Do you have any ideas as far as what we would do differently? Because a lot of times, honestly, as a developer, it's it's easier... To just keep doing business as usual. Uh, Do you have any ideas of of tweaks to the system that would resolve that issue you're talking about?
2: So, one good idea that I've seen brought up a few times would be uh, reducing the minimum lot size. Okay. Um, You know that, in a large sense, that lets you use the land a bit more, uh, you know, uh, economically a little Mm -hmm. more sparingly, Uh, and of course, you know, the more houses. even smaller houses are more affordable to different families. That gives you larger tax uh, taxable income, as well as more jobs that are going into
1: the city. Okay. So what would that, I forget what the exact minimum lot size is in College Station for most of the city, um, but what would a good number be? I assume you're talking about single-family homes for the most part, or are you talking about other types of homes here with the minimum lot size
2: majority just yeah the single-family homes you know bringing it from you know typically that uh that 100 by 50 down to maybe like a 3,500 uh lot size and um just you know making more use of the land there
1: you do run into I, i can see some people saying that's all well and good to make you know property more affordable for families uh starter homes things like that but you think about it, you're going to proliferate the number of homes in a given space. You run into pushback about traffic, about the very infrastructure you're talking about, the loads on the infrastructure system. Um, how, do you, how do you square that if you're talking about something like minimum lot size? So a lot of,
2: you know, these, these Kind of downtown metropolis areas. They focus largely on transportation, mm-hmm. or pedestrian use. I think we can take a, a large look at that citywide for how can we encourage and make this easier. As well as, you know, if we are using less space on residential, could we have more shopping districts? Bring more local goods to certain neighborhoods. Are we able to reduce traffic by just cutting all that down?
1: Sure, but. Not everybody can, you know, stick with talking about housing here, Uh, you know, it's just a reality. Not everybody is going to be able to buy a home. You do have people who, uh, families that have to rent for a good portion of their life, some that never uh, are able to buy a home. Um, It kind of seems like in, in College Station, the affordable multifamily developments, are becoming less and less because obviously you've got a lot of students that would would want those is there a place in college station for more affordable developments i'm not going to use the word um, that some people would use straight affordable housing but is where would you put something like that if you're interested in in um, making sure that low-income folks could also have a place in college station
2: so an interesting thing an interesting thing that's been bouncing around uh city council lately is a idea of uh middle-sized homes or um uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of that where it's not are you, you talking know, about
1: the missing middle housing thing? yeah middle yeah. housing uh,
2: yeah yeah well so that way we can um we can kind of build a little bit more um you know put a few more families in smaller areas but still having that lower affordability, but that lavishness of having maybe a, a group commodity yard mm-hmm. where you can still have, you know, your, your pets and your, your children play and really have that uh, community
1: sense still. So you're saying kind of like, um, yeah, what do you call that type of development? It escapes me right now, but I see what you're saying where it's like a, a common, common area rather than every family having their own yard, it's like a, a common is exactly. That, Almost okay. like a
2: small park for a community. Okay.
1: Um, so do you think that there is a place, though, also for the larger, I'm just going to use it, affordable housing rental developments in College Station? There was a time where there were quite a few. Um, there were also mobile home parks, things like that. Um, those seem to be getting less and less. Mm. Is there still a place for low-income renters in College Station at all? Of course. I mean, I believe
2: there there is a point where we're going to need to start looking at maybe building a little bit taller rather than keep expanding. We need to, uh, you know, we we call them low-income, but they they fill you know these important roles uh, and these low low-income earners often put the most back into you know their their local shopping or just their their presence here. So I think it's important that we give larger opportunities as well as you know that abundance of housing that it gives when you yeah have those kind of complexes or like
1: yeah and i and i asked that because uh as a uh, employee of habitat for humanity here and we build um uh, for low-income families in both Bryan and college station and harder and harder to build in College Station and so what you end up with is a lot of low-income families who uh, the breadwinner works at Texas A&M and can't live anywhere near there and so that's why I keep harping on it and kind of wanted to know your uh, your opinion of that Um, if you had one idea for the future say you're elected in November um, What's one of the first things you would really try to push through uh, the council to look at, um, like a real specific thing?
2: Yeah, of course. So a lot of that it still goes back to that building tall. So mm-hmm. there are really nice, um, I guess what you would call apartment complexes, but they are almost on the borderline of a luxurious where you can still have that relatively low rent, but it's not... What some people might consider, um, you know, I hear this kind of thrown around when people talk about apartments as an eyesore. You know, they are really just, they kind of bring more to a large, kind of almost downtown. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it could be a very interesting thing to have, um, especially near large business centers where we don't have to have all that traffic. Instead, it's just people going to work, walking, and um, bringing back to the economy.
1: So you've probably heard of or experienced that whenever there's a new development, especially in residential, close by residential areas, sometimes you get pushback from the neighbors, especially if it's dense like what you're talking about. Um, how, I guess what I'm asking you is where would that idea go? Like where would you put something like that? I'm, I'm on board, that sounds cool, but where the heck are you going to put it? Because um, you know as well as I do that you're going to have pushback there.
2: Of course, yeah, and that's that's always the challenging part because, you know, you've got your future land use and you've got your zoning. So where exactly can we make that compromise? Can we put that, you know, maybe Northgate where a lot of people would say, you know, that's a great... Um, Location as opposed to University and Texas Avenue. You can still have families that choose to travel outside of that area, go to their work, um, and you can have maybe the younger generations and younger audiences who are looking for those apartments still go to local uh, entertainment pretty easily. Um, Of course, there's also places in like South College Station where it's rapidly expanding and you see a lot more development. Um, It's it's really just something we need to uh, take a further look at
1: yeah okay um let's talk about uh, jobs and and uh, the economy there in college station there's a lot of talk from a lot of candidates about um, bringing in businesses um, to make sure that the community continues to grow Um, what do you think that the city council and the mayor's role is towards attracting businesses should they be involved in that area of business or not
2: so uh, you know I I think there's a certain there's a limit to how hands-on maybe a a city government should be in these instances Um, I think there should be a a certain draw to corporations that better suit the, the the local economy so of course, A&M A and M being a large staple of the town, we have a educated workforce, and of course, there's going to be people who want to stay in that town. So I think something like uh, modernizing the city, you know, bringing in some more tech industry, might be something we can uh, take a look at. And of course, you know, as far as entertainment, I know there's a lot of people who are saying we're lacking certain means of entertainment. Of course, we have uh, Grand Station; it's great, but we should see maybe a couple more things like that if we continue to grow.
1: Okay. Um, so you think that the um, government should be involved in bringing in entertainment and things like that? Uh, to a certain extent. Uh, okay. Of
2: course, we also have the mall, uh, which is uh, I believe they were speaking about purchasing the old Macy's building from the mall. And I, I think they did. Yes, I think it was like $7 million or mm-hmm. a little bit over $7 million. And And um, I, I don't know if they've actually released a plan for it quite yet. I'm not sure. But um, I, I think it would be interesting to see maybe if we can get a proposition from both the public and private sector and see what maybe even what the city had a plan for it.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're not going to come out as far as whether that was a good idea or not?
2: Um, It was a, a bit of an odd turnaround to see someone buy it for... You know, a little bit over at two million, I believe, and then the city to purchase it for seven million. Um, that right there might be a, a bit of a a, a question,
1: but um, you
2: know, we we've made the purchase and we need to see if we can make the most out of
1: it. Okay, yeah, because there there was some talk that Macy's was like a, a gateway property to um, College Station and. Uh, and developing it for that reason. No, I understand where you're coming from, that there may be a few questions, but I, you're right. We don't, we don't really know enough about the plan to really, um, I guess anything else would be speculation. Um, but, so we haven't even touched on the elephant in the room, and that's Texas A&M, and that relationship between Texas A&M and College Station it seems like it's fairly cordial for the most part and there's some collaboration, but at the same time, um, I've watched it for a few years and it, it it seems like it can get dicey. What What's the importance of that relationship and do you have any ideas for making sure that there's a balance um, between College Station and the university and uh, that they, quote, pay their fair share, I guess, in terms of their attention to the community problems and what have you?
2: So you know, of course A and M is
1: a large, um, you know, job
2: source for a lot of residents in mm-hmm. College Station, and they are, you know, we we have the uh, Aggie ring buses that travel constantly, and mm-hmm. I think we need to continue to look at the um, the road networks that we're using and the transportation to um, get to A and M that maybe they aren't entirely paying their fair share on, and if we can. Um, you know, see if we can just continue cooperation and maybe see what leeway there is to give back to the city, and as well as encourage the development and um, prosperity of A&M. Um, you know, continue to draw uh, people to our, you know, the great city.
1: How do you view? Um talking about collaboration between entities, how do you view the relationship between College Station and its sister city to the north, Brian? Do you do you think it's good? Do you think uh, there are any areas that need to be improved or what do you think?
2: I, I know there was a, a recent uh, district kind of zoning dispute that we had between uh, Brian and uh, just trying to get everything coordinated there. I, there's definitely some tricky parts. I know College Station certainly at least what it, it feels like may want to push a lot more of the burden onto uh, Brian. And what what do you mean by the burden? Um, you know, the for responsibility for certain larger scale housing things that might not be for, um, well, what people would, might consider the uh, middle class housing. Um, we a lot of. A lot of development kind of just passes by College Station and goes to Bryan, and Bryan has to deal with this growing population, um, with without that really ease. Especially when a lot of the population of Bryan is working in College Station, I think there needs to be a little bit more collaboration as far as that housing need for people who want to work in College Station.
1: Mm, okay, and I think the the trick though is how do you how do you do that? Yeah, uh,
2: I think a large portion. You could look at jobs reported as, as opposed to um, where they live. You can see maybe what percentages we're looking at. Uh, are we seeing uh, a large percentage of you know so and so neighborhood in Bryan? Could we maybe look large at what, of what? Uh, workers who are workers who are living in Bryan but uh, working in College Station? I see. I see. Um, could we see, you know, what are they roughly paying for housing? Why are they sticking to Brian? What what could draw them into, you know, College Station that be our kind of uh, good, you know, tax base for certain uh, areas? Mm-hmm. Um, little things like that where we can just kind of take a, a good survey and see what is drawing people to certain areas and how can we improve upon that
1: or divert it to. Be a bit more of an even sharing, right? Okay. Um, do you have anything else um, that you wanted to touch on that we haven't yet uh, discussed? Um,
2: yeah. So I was uh, I was actually looking at the, the numbers pretty recently. We have you know a growing uh, voter base. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for the the larger Brazos area, but in 2018 we saw our largest midterm. Turnout at uh, about, I think, 58%, which, you know, it's a little over half. That's that's relatively high for a lot of um, yeah. counties in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically on those normal election cycles, we see upwards to 80%. I think we need to have that good push to really bring people to the polls and to continue encouraging voting.
1: Okay. And I know that they don't have control over it, but where did you stand on the whole MSC um, voting location? issue that's been going on the last few months. Um, I know it's a county thing, I get that, mm-hmm. but kind of wanted to get you on record. So,
2: in, in my personal opinion, I believe voting should not be a hassle. I think we, we should encourage larger locations, we should encourage um, a larger um, availability and accessibility especially for people who might not be um, able to uh, be as mobile um, mm. I think having more local areas and uh, it's important to uh, continue to push for
1: that so if uh, the people watching this hopefully there's somebody watching it uh, wanted to get in touch with you uh, how would they do that and uh, learn more about you
2: of course so I actually I've got a uh, a Twitter page for and a Facebook page. Both of them are going to be uh, my last name, which is Randolph, mm-hmm. R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H. Then the number four, and then office, O-F-F-I-C-E. Um, okay. You can find that, yeah, Twitter and Facebook.
1: All right. Well, Mr. Randolph, thank you for coming on Think Brazos today. It was fun. Of course. Thank you. <laughs>
0: The Think Brasses podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brasses podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrasses.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think practice.